You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Freaking first cut. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's CJ Cup. And joining me to break it all down, Craig Ducharme is here. What up, Craig? What's going on, boys? Uh, extremely happy this week. What a win. What a victory for Rory McIlroy. Uh, it was ex- exciting stuff. Do, do you want to... Uh... Would you like Just to do your yeah do your like victory lap here? So so for those who aren't paying attention, Greg Ducharme went with Rory McIlroy in the one and done this week. We kind of ribbed him on Tuesday. The comments were not very friendly to him. So Greg, would you like to rub everyone's nose in it right now? Yeah, I, I told you so. I knew it. And um, <laughs> one of my favorite lines, I was right. Look, the thing, the the funny thing is there. Rory's not a guy you would expect to take a lot of heat on when you pick him to do well. I mean, it's Rory McIlroy for crying out loud. But on Monday in the in the DFS show, uh, there were some comments coming in when I was pro Rory, and then again in the in the one and done. Um, so I, I guess it wasn't a great pick, but um, I think the results said otherwise. So yeah, I was quite excited. I just I had, I had a feeling. I knew he, I knew he was going to win. It doesn't happen often. When it does, uh, it's not right often, but it, this was nice. He does really well on Fazio courses, especially, which was my the, the main reason for my pick. And um, look, a couple of the other things didn't go the way that I saw, but but Rory played great. Greg, he does really well on all golf courses. Big eye. <laughs> yeah, that's true. When he wins, uh, he's he's okay. He's, he's, he's not too bad. Future Hall of Famer, you can pick him anywhere. No doubt. That right there is Mark Immelman. Mark, you were out there at Summit Club for a portion of this week. You and I chatted about uh, some of the comments that Rory McIlroy had made recently, talking about trying to just get back to basics a little bit, right? He was talking about uh, uh, trying not to be as technical with his golf swing, and lo and behold, uh, this version of Rory uh, with this mindset, also very, very good at golf. Well, yeah. Um, look, I, first off, I had a great time with you out there. Look, Vegas is a great place, and I enjoyed our time on the golf course, and dinner was great, and and you've married way above yourself. Uh, <laughs> good job. Um, uh, yeah, on Thursday morning before the feature group's coverage, you know, you do preparation, and we had a few on cameras, and I had some time before McElroy, JT, and Kokrak teed off. So I was just looking around on the range and catching up with them and doing my usual stuff where you see – any club changes in the bag, you know, just feeling them out a little bit if they want to talk. And I was just standing there with Harry talking a little bit and Rory was chiming in once in a while. And so I said to him, you're looking really sharp. Is this rest or, or what golf swing? What is this? And he goes, ah, it's a little bit of everything really, I, but I do feel rested. And then he said, I'm just trying to become more visual with the game. So I'm trying to, you know, just let it go and, and see my target and make my swing and pick my shot and make my swing. And, he was out there, and I've always felt like Rory, when he had the draw that didn't overdraw, he would be, he's, he's really good. You know, when he fights the one that wants to turn real fast is when he gets himself a little stuck underneath. And he was lacing these big high draws out there with everything. 
And then he set up to it one or two cuts down the right-hand side, and he had those. And I was like, whoa, watch out. And, and he just, you know, everything looked free. Yeah, the, and the putting stroke to me looked like, where it was like, he was putting like he did when he was a kid, and he didn't care. And, and it was just virtuoso. He, he looked like Rory McIlroy 1.0 uh, this, this last week. And if that is a harbinger of things to come, <laughs> it could be a pretty dynamic season. That that Rory anecdote is the perfect example of there's no one way to play golf uh, from the driving range to the course itself or even online on the virtual links. We have more ways than ever to enjoy the game, whether it's a solo nine hole round trying to beat the sunset or a social Saturday morning. 18 with your pals it's never a bad time to make golf your thing invite someone you know to enjoy the game we all love by visiting makegolfyourthing.org to learn more about golf programs for kids and adults in your area it was a sunday 66 that followed up a 62 on saturday for rory mcelroy a one-shot victory over colin morikawa uh, as his main chaser and greg this is uh, not only uh, a victory here for rory mcelroy second of the calendar year but 20th 20th pga tour victory that just like it's easy to say 20 but when you start counting them up when you start looking at the short list of guys that have been able to achieve something like this uh, it, it really cements rory's spot kind of in the in our game here yeah it, it's not often you get a guy who's the the best player of your generation to be somebody like rory and and in the well first of all that that list that you mentioned Players since 1960, this is from Justin Ray, to earn 20th PGA Tour win before 33, Arnold Palmer, Billy Casper, Jack Nicklaus, Tom Watson, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson. You can add Rory McIlroy to that list. So, yeah, it's a it's a really impressive list. And the thing those guys have in common is they're one of the top two players in their generation. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know as much about the Billy Casper generation, but... Yeah, he was um, good. He yeah. Was really good right is he a top two player i guess that's what i'm referring to i'm not sure exactly you know when he was in his prime who his major competitors were but rory and dj after the after the tiger era have been clearly the first the the best two players in their generation and i think you could give a lean to rory because of major championships dj seems at times to be maybe a little more consistent um but right now it doesn't look that way so I, I give the nod to Rory mainly for the majors, but uh, but coming up with a, a 20th win on this tour is extremely, extremely impressive. You look at uh, what he did out there at, at Summit Club uh, this week, Mark, and it was obviously a very easy course. I mean, Keith Mitchell was, what, 19 under par for through the first two rounds of this. Ricky Fowler had set the tournament scoring record. That's all your influence, big, big guy. <laughs> That's right. That was uh, that was me shaking hands with him on Wednesday. That that it lasts for forty eight hours. Is that is that magic out there on the golf course before he runs into a little bit of trouble on eight and nine on Saturday? But this is uh, this is a course that we have talked about, uh, or this type of course where anybody can win this because birdie. All these guys can make so many birdies. So to see Rory, uh, who oftentimes can you know maybe thrive in more difficult situations, or better players can can want more difficult situations this is kind of him putting a notch onto a course that maybe the vast majority of the field was live in yes um well look i from my point of view what i saw and I, i'm interested in your take because 
I, I learned a new appreciation for statistics spending some time with you. Um, and to me, he was complete. Now, I know I haven't looked at the latest numbers, but I know in strokes gained iron play, he was not that sharp. Yet, how, how the heck do you shoot 20 million under par and not be good with your iron game? It's just that, that to me is somewhat intriguing. But the thing about McElroy to me is the physical gifts are always there. And when you watch him hit the ball, even when he's off, it's a, it's something to behold. It's a spectacle. And when he's on, it's it's generational. It's once in a lifetime kind of stuff. And everybody will stop and watch him hit balls. And he out, he roundly outplayed the guys he was alongside the first couple of rounds. And that 62 on Saturday just looked like it was, again, there was more in the tank. And and to have watched McElroy since the start of his career as a fuzzy, young-haired guy to who he is now, it's like he's – and the, the, I don't think the journey is complete, you know, because he's Hall of Fame bound now. All those guys you list, they're all in the Hall of Fame. Um, he's, he's sort of done almost the full circle, you know, where he was young, the swing was longer, it was narrower, there was lots of whip, there was great balance. He putted it free. He just flighted irons. He had all sorts of shots. Then he got a bit too – he got wide and sort of really hard with a golf swing. And then there was the distance chasing debacle. And now he's long, he's fluid. The flow to it is immaculate. And, and, and it looks like every club head has slung. It's swung through contact where for a while it looked like he was hanging on for dear life. And he's looking like a slightly grayer version of the guy that came out on tour and dusted everyone he played. And so I think Rory is done what everyone kind of does where they come out they're decent you don't stumble onto the tour then you try and get better and you do stuff right and then you figure out what does what doesn't work and he's found his way and he's almost tied the bow in the circle so i'm so excited to see what happens now because th this has got to be huge for his confidence given the low he was just a few short weeks ago yeah, and he addressed that in his uh, in his post round interview. Still, almost getting emotional thinking about uh, the Ryder Cup. Here's the statistical breakdown: Rory McIlroy lost three point six strokes on approach. That is nearly impossible to do and still win. In fact, since 2010, only Greg Chalmers, when he won the 2016 Barracuda Championship, has lost more strokes on approach for an eventual winner. It's very, very rare. The way to get by that is to be exquisite in every other part of your game, which is exactly what Rory McIlroy was at the Summit Club. He was second in strokes gained off the tee. He was fifth around the green. And he was the number one putter in the field over the course of the week. That right there, Mark Immelman, is how you get it done when the iron game is not so sharp. <laughs> I, I kind of figured as much as teeing you up because you, <laughs> you, you Rick, uh, Greg, Greg, just so you know, we've found common appreciation for each other. We just some time to, uh, together and, and to walk around the course with Rick and he get my take and I get his take was, was lots of fun and interesting. And, and I think if there's a takeaway from the both of us, that the, you know, when you win, you're an outlier to a certain extent, but there's got to be the two, the longest and the shortest clubs in the bag have to work and the rest you can cobble together. And, and the Rory, JT, DJ, the whole crowd of them, you cannot out hit a bad putter. It just it, it does not work. You'll contend, but it's unlikely that you will win. And and look at Ricky. I mean, he was really sharp from T through green, and you could see a little nerves out of him because everything that he hit today was a little low on pace. You know, holes balls missed the holes on the wrong side where he was just playing that little bit tight. So there's also that immeasurable inside the head and inside the heart thing that happens when pressure is up.
That's why putting is such a, you don't have to lead the field in strokes game putting to win. If, if you do, you're hard to beat, but you have to putt well in the moments. And that's the thing to me, Ricky Fowler struggled with. Uh, when when there's that must-make putt and the momentum's going to shift one way or the other, like the one he had on six, which I saw highlights of, which was a bogey putt, he he misses that, and, and he's got to make that. So you got to handle the moments, and Rory didn't have the miss that kind of shakes him up because that's what putting does. Putting, it's the final score of of the event, and when you don't do what you're supposed to do and you don't do what you expect to do, it can create doubt in your mind. So Rory winning, you know, uh, being, coming first and stroke game putting is obviously a big deal, but he didn't, he didn't make any of those really big mistakes. He didn't have any of those shocking misses, which is helpful. But the other thing that Rory did, which is the reason, in my opinion, why you can win losing strokes approaching the green the way he did, is he was 15 under on the par fives and three under on the 12th hole, a drivable par four. And you, when you, when you get 18 under par on those five holes, it's a, it's a real big advantage and you don't have to make a ton more birdies to win. You don't have to do anything crazy outside of that. So he took advantage of holes that he should. And when you're Rory McIlroy and you do what you're supposed to do, you're going to hold a lot of trophies. Yeah, you certainly are. Let's bring one more voice into this conversation. Kyle Porter is here. KP, Rory McIlroy, Kyle Porter. Uh, we've kind of covered, we've covered the 20 wins. We've covered this week. What I want to throw at you is a little bit about the perception that is Rory McIlroy. Uh, we've talked about this in the past. When he gets to that 20 to 1 number, it's an auto click. He pays off those backers again, and he's one of the few top-tier golfers that continues to slide consistently into the 20s. Uh, you know, you're looking at his resume for this year now, two wins in 2021. You compare it to some of the other big names. Maybe he's having a better year than some of these guys. What is the current perception of Rory McIlroy? I think it's hard. I think it's harder right now at this stage of his career, maybe than it's ever been because you've got so many things working against one another. Hasn't won majors in forever. He's winning, but it's, he's not like, he didn't play very good golf this year for him a again, like with him and DJ and Rom, you're not like your, your, your baseline is really high. Like you're just, you're, 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 you're comparing different things than, Scott Stallings and Chesson Hadley. I don't know why I always go to those two guys, but um, so it's it's just it's very difficult to figure him out. Like he was so he was bad at the Ryder Cup, just not good. And then this week he's really good. And I think the crazy part, you guys probably already talked about this. He didn't he didn't hit it that good with his irons. I mean, he was almost what last in the field, Rick, in terms of approach play. 67th out of 77. Now you can get away with that because of how he was hitting it off the tee and he's making everything he looks at, especially on the weekend. But I, I don't know. I thought his comments at the very end on golf channel were interesting where Kira asked him about the Ryder cup and kind of the fallout from that. And he said, you know, I've, I've, I've had to kind of realize it's enough to just be me. And I think that I think to the to the average fan, you're like, what an idiot. Like, why why would he ever not think that? Right? Why would you be Rory and not think that? But 
you know, I think that as we've seen with Tiger, even guys that are the best in the world, they're always trying to get better, to do more, to improve their game. And so again, you're you're just you're you're evaluate like it's just you're grading on a curve, even like especially when you're him. He's not he's he's always trying to to get better. So it was that was cool to hear. And I think he's now a really, really interesting storyline going into 2022, especially as it relates to the to the major championship season. Yeah, he certainly is, and someone we're going to continue to talk about, and we'll give you another crack at Rory uh, at the end here, KP. But a guy who has been trying to put it together for a long time, Greg, is Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler! I did not know if Jacob was going to be ready for that, but he, of course, he, of course, was. Congratulations. Uh, Ricky Fowler, our 54-hole leader, two shots clear of the rest of the field. And, and Greg, what I noticed is now that we're getting some uh, some more Ricky screen time, he, he's always had that very unique swing that if you saw it from a mile away, you knew it was him. Doesn't it's still unique. Doesn't look the same, right? You can tell that he's been going through a lot over the last 18 months or so. There's been some really nice changes that he and Tillery have made. And he saw Butch Harmon earlier in the week. And that was not really to work on it on anything in his swing, but to get a stamp of approval. And that's a big deal when you're dealing with a new coach and you're going down a path that isn't necessarily working. And you're wondering if he's anything like me, he's wondering, am I making the right choice? And there were a lot of people asking is what Ricky and John Tillery are doing. Is that the right thing? Is you often, you so often see a little regression before you see improvement. Now, all that being said, and again, this is a great, it's a, it's a great thing to see Ricky back in the mix, but what we saw today out of Ricky has been the concern with Ricky for his whole career. What's he going to do on Sunday? What's he going to do when he has a chance to win? And it's in question. And a big question that I had when he went to John Tillery is, is, is he, is this the avenue for Ricky to really improve? Uh, he's always been a really nice ball striker, but is this going to be the difference maker that turns him into the player that he wants to be, the player we expect him to be? Or is it something else? Is it something other than his golf swing that's going to propel him over the edge? And that question still hasn't been answered yet. We still don't know if if this is going to stick, but I, but I will say what he did off the tee this week was phenomenal to watch. He hit some big tee shots. He hit a ton of fairways uh, and he was flying it a long way. So those are all positive signs. The question just still lingers with me. Was this a guy who was in contention for the first time in a while and, and, and struggled on Sunday or is this the, are, are we just back to the old Ricky Fowler? Are we back to this guy that, that plays really well and contends and is consistent, but doesn't close the door on Sundays. And and that still lingers in my head and likely will for a while. But the, but to be fair, Greg, the old Ricky Fowler won seven times on tour, six times on tour. Does he have yeah, that like, many? I, I mean, thought it was five. I thought it was six. It, it could be. It, it, it might be. Five. It's either way. It's a lot. And yeah, yeah, it's great. But don't yeah. you think that that's a little bit of an under is, is that what you expected out of Ricky Fowler when he ca- first came out on tour when he's a rookie on the Ryder Cup team as many yeah, I mean, times Mark- as he's been in contention is do you think Ricky looks at his career and says I've I've lived up to my expectations or do you think and, he I mean, feels like there's something missing more Cal already caught him right 
57 events and and Morikawa caught him and has two majors. Right. So what Which, what and and that's and that's like if you're Ricky, you're looking back at Morikawa and thinking, oh, that's that's who I was coming out right. Like great college player, but Morikawa was probably he was a more accomplished college player. Ricky might have had a better pedigree early on, but you know, California kid, great like young, exciting, good looking, like all these things. And then all of a sudden more cows caught you and it's like, oh, well, you know, it, it just, it goes by quickly. And you're right. You do have to take advantage of the opportunities you have. May I, Rick? Please. Here's my take on Ricky. First off, I want to commend him on the resolve that he showed to stick to what he was doing with Tillery. Kind of in the same ilk as what Jordan Spieth stuck to what he was doing with McCormick. And that takes a whole hell of a lot, Greg, because you as a coach know what it's like when you're working with a dude and the, the, the sands of time, they are moving all of the time. And these guys have got questions to answer and it kind of finishes with the instructor a lot of the time. And, and Ricky was true to Joe Scovern. He was true to Tillery. He was true to his people. He just stuck to it. And so I commend him from that point of view. With regard to what he's done so far, I'm jacked that he played well for him because this must mean a lot and i feel like it's a bit of a springboard maybe into the future he can iron out the things because it's been a while since he's been under pressure and contending for a lead in the final group there's high pressure over there i don't care how good your golf swing is and what sort of resume you have unless you're tiger woods of course but here's the thing about ricky if i'm an aspirant golfer and i'm listening professional and i'm listening to this podcast i want to say to you this guy is a great role model for you because think of all the events he was getting into not playing with a flip. And that's because he came out, he's treated people right the entire time. He was always there for interviews. He always did the sponsor engagements. And yes, he's marketable, but this allows him to get into events like this. And then he goes and takes advantage. So that's number one. And then two, the guys played in a really tough era. Let, let's be real. I mean, Tiger Woods was around. Phil Mickelson was around. All these sorts of studs. Then you got the DJs, the Rory's, JTs, the whole crowd of them. It's a really tough era, and Carl references it all of the time. So I think skating at you with five wins. Yes, did he spill a few? Absolutely. But I would be as well, not me, but you should be as pleased as punch with that career so far because look, he's still young. He's still got miles on on, on the tires, and, and now went to an era where. Maybe he can, you know, gain a little traction and knock off one or two more and maybe get that elusive major. He does have players, let's not forget. So so as far as I'm concerned, Ricky's he's kind of what he's he's done what I sort of expected him to do. Rick, if you are who do you think walks away more pleased or with more confidence after Sunday between Ricky and Rory? Oh boy. Uh it's a good question. Um, probably Ricky. A confidence? I mean, Rory Rory expects to win. I don't know what Ricky's mental state is, but when you drive it better than everyone in the field, Greg alluded to it, but here's the stats. Ricky was the number one driver in the field this week. More better than Rory and, McElroy. Yeah. So like that to and me. To as, he was number one T yeah. to green too. Yeah. As you are looking for um substance to these changes that you've been going through and he played he actually played great on friday at Summerlin. so this is like five he's got a five round stretch now even though he missed the cut last week he's got a five round stretch that he's got to be pretty proud of and i think that 
that's more of a springboard for him than it is for Rory McIlroy to not to go from 19 PGA Tour wins to 20. It's great for Rory. He's going to take great pride in it, but I think that is more of an expectation for him. I think I, that's that's kind of where I land too. I think if you're Ricky, you walk away thinking like, man, I I hit it really well this week and in a field that's really good and. That just, I mean, even at the PGA, I was looking back at his numbers from the PGA Championship. That was his only top 10 in the last 37 starts. So he topped 10s at the American Express in 2020, one top 10 since then, and it was at the at Kiowa. And he hit it pretty good, but he made a, he made everything. Like, he made a ton of putts. And that didn't happen this week. He didn't, He did, I mean, he putted okay. I think he was below average, but he hit it great. And now he's got a, a kind of a West Coast swing coming up where he's, you know, he's played, I mean, coming up two, two, three months from now where he's played well, you know, American Express, he's, he's traditionally, I think he's played well there. Um, Phoenix obviously played great. So I, I, I'm, I'm interested and encouraged, excited about kind of what January, February, March could, could have for him. Colin Morikawa nearly stole this thing on Sunday, Greg. He goes out. In 29, with the home course narrative, everything firing on all cylinders, gets through the tough stretch at 10 and 11, doesn't take advantage of 12 or 14, but Eagles 18 falls one shot short of Rory McIlroy. This was a 62 on Sunday that, you know, was very much what not that we expected a 62 out of Colin Morikawa every round this week, but this is what we this is what we wanted to see him taking advantage of the knowledge, him taking advantage of being an extraordinary extraordinary iron player, uh, rolling a couple of putts in and seeing if he can win this golf tournament. And he almost did as a good way to start his season. It's a great way to start the season, uh, and and you just you love the kid, you absolutely love everything about him. So it's those things go hand in hand. They're easy to say his iron play is elite. Um, I would say the best on tour. Now there was a while where I would maybe give it to JT because for Morikawa, it's so new, but he just continues to prove it. He just continues to prove that he's the, he is the, the best iron player in the game. And it's one of the most reliable swings on the PGA tour. It, it doesn't produce the greatest length, but he is an incredible driver of the golf ball. And He's eighth in strokes gain. Oh, I'm sorry. He's eighth tee to green, 26th off the tee for the week. Uh, and he hits 41 of 56 fairways. He's the guy that avoids that hitting it in the desert. So he does it. He does it in a different way than a lot of the superstars that we have on tour now, which is great to see. And I, I love watching great iron play. And it's really nice when he can get a couple of putts going, but he has no fear and he has no there's no stress on Colin Morikawa when he gets in contention. You don't get a sense that he's now all of a sudden in, in the lead. Nothing ever changes. He he continues to do what he does. And that attitude is just so matter of fact. It, it's very simple. He's very decisive. He makes great decisions. You don't see him like Jordan Spieth when we watch him. You see him mulling over a choice. And it's so hard. It looks so hard for him to decide sometimes. Not now he chooses speed. right Come off. On. But I mean, I mean, it, there's just yeah. a, there's a big difference there. <laughs> Morikawa. It, it he has the, like the he has the DJ style with yeah, that's interesting. Right, which you wouldn't compare those two, but it, but it's yeah. a very similar 
it's it's a six iron. It's just a six yeah. iron. There's no there's no difficulty. It's beautiful to watch. I I, I love I watching think, the, the kid play. It is funny because I think that I mean I think what Spieth does works. Like if Spieth tried to do what Morikawa or DJ did, it would be. I mean, he'd be on the Corn Ferry tour, right? Like it would right. just yeah, it, would, it, does, it would, like it's it, not him. It works for him. And if DJ tried to do what Spieth or Bry- or or even more Cowa tried to do what Spieth or Bryson does, it'd be horrible. I mean, it would not be, capable. He's not even capable. It would be really bad. I, I think I love the DJ comp there. Uh, I okay. How about this, Craig? Rom or more Cowa in twenty twenty two? Who are you taking? If I give you, you got to choose one of those two. <laughs> I, I would lean to Rom because I think he's a better putter. And I think he, well, he's no doubt longer. So you combine the length and the putting ability, and that for John Rahm, I think, will lead to a more consistent year. Who's going to win more? I mean, who ends up higher on the FedEx Cup rankings? I say John Rahm. No, not FedEx Cup rankings. Anything else? Wins, money. Something what do you want? What do you FedEx. What do you want here? Because I think it's really close. It's it's not an easy one. So what do you I want? I think it's. I well I. <sighs> I think win, I think I want wins. I think that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> They'll both win twice and it'll be a tie. <laughs> I think it's I think it's hard. I think it's hard because Rom is better. He's a better all around player because he is a better putter. But Morikawa had these weeks and he had one this week, Rick. We've talked about this where he puts like he's like top three in the field in putting. What did he finish this week? Third or no? Actually, eleventh. But he, he gave me oh, like okay. four shots, so he, which was eleventh. Yeah. Okay, so he finished a little further down than I thought, but he'll have these crazy weeks of putting, and they don't have crazy weeks the other way. He he's very volatile. I I feel like when it comes to a short game, in a way that Rom is not. And when wins for those guys, it's like, it's like trying to predict touchdowns in fantasy football. It's like I I don't know. Like you're just trying to like take shots. You're trying to take as many shots as possible, and if it happens, it happens. But I think. I think wins are very difficult to predict for guys at that like height, um, just because they're going to get. I mean, Rom's going to have like six runs, and he might win none of them, or he might win all six of them, especially after kind of some of the luck that he went through in in twenty twenty one. So, I would take Rom also, but Morikawa won more in twenty, you know, this year than than Rom did. Even though Rom, I think we would all say was better throughout the year. When Morikawa gains nearly anything with the putter, he's very close to winning. So this week he gains, he finishes second. Uh, Gains at the Olympics was in that seven-way playoff for bronze. Uh, We don't have his official metrics from the Open Championship, but he made everything with the putter. He wins that. Uh, He (laughs) He for sure gains strokes. Yeah, he he won the field by a mile, right? Yeah, same thing. Memorial finishes second. Like Anytime he gains, he wins or very close to it. And Mark, I'm running out of... I ran out of superlatives and adjectives to describe Colin Morikawa six months ago. I, he's He has answered every single question that has ever been asked of him. He has lived up to every expectation and then some. I, I, I'm out of words to, to describe how impressed I am with him. A couple things. Um, I had the luxury of calling him for a round and a half um, the last couple of days. Yeah, Thursday, Friday there at the Summit Club. And i got to tell you guys, he's not short. He was playing alongside Hideki, who can move it off the tee, and Sung JM, who flies at over 300. And he keeps it up there with him quite easily because he hits this tumbling cut that hits the ground and goes. Uh, if there was such a number that said uh, yards gained 
after landing, like a wide receiver kind of thing, he's well up there because of the pattern of the shots that he hits. And so he's not spotting that much to a bunch of his contemporaries. Now, there's always the outliers, the Brysons and the Rorys and the DJs and that sort of company. But he hits it up there with JT and company. So from there, him and an iron club, I mean, he hits his iron like everyone else. He's eight iron like everyone else. It's a wedge. So he's competitive. He can spot you a, a number or two on the base of the iron because he controls distance so very well. But the main thing to me about Marikawa is that the guy is a mental assassin. Like the, the first half that I had him, he had nothing, man. He was hitting balls that weren't anything like him. There were some mishits and stuff. And he just kept himself in the game. Then the next day comes out there and sort of cobbled together around. And all of a sudden on 18 there, I turn around and the guy stung a six iron in there to five feet and makes eagle for 66. I'm like, holy cow, this looked like it was 75, you know, from just watching. But that's sort of what he does. And he never, to Greg's point, looked panicked. And that is the beauty of the guy because he keeps himself in the game. And like any other sport at the absolutely elite, absolutely elite level, everyone's going to have runs. You're going to have your fire and fall back kind of thing. And his fall back never goes very far back. But his fire forward does because when he hits himself into position, makes a few putts, all of a sudden he's got that gear. It doesn't blow your hair back, but he'll sign for 66 or 5 in the blink of an eye. And he just doesn't look like he's at all phased by the situation and looks like he sort of believes in who he is. And that, to me, is crucial on the tour. You heard Rory say so. I just got to be me. Marikawa knows who he is, doesn't change a thing. I talked to his coach, Rick Sessinghaus, on the course. I said, so, last few weeks, what's been the agenda? And Rick goes, man, he played great at the Ryder Cup. We didn't do anything. He just got some rest, just ironed out some fundamentals, just keep on doing what you're doing. And then he goes, there's no need to change. The guys figured it out, man. And and I, he's got an old head on young shoulders. He is he is legit. You know, I knew he was good coming out of college, but he's proven it time and time again. I think, by the way, Mark, we should call it a uh, yak yak yards yards after carry. All right, yeah, cool. You, you that yeah, it's you heard yeah. it here, it's official. <laughs> Beauty. We'll put a trademark next to that. Uh, yeah, real congrats quick. on inventing yak. Speaking of fantasy football, right? <laughs> um, real quick, I w- we have to get to our best bets, we have to do our one and done. But I like the idea, and I asked a couple of players about this this week two straight weeks in the same spot. It's interesting. The players seem to get comfy in a hotel. It's easier to stay in their routine. I think it allows for some interesting field dynamics, Kyle, because we probably got guys who played the Shriners last week who normally would not have, uh, but because there was going to be a CJ Cup coming up the following week, I think it increased that field a little bit. I, I, I know that the... PGA tour schedule is like trying to uh, turn a, a battleship. It, it's, it's a slow process. There's a lot of logistics in play, but I like these little two week swings in places. And I think if they're strate- done strategically, we could see some guys in places they wouldn't normally play and some interesting things come out of them. Yeah. I'm, I'm weighing on this. I, you know, I, I think that part of the fun of, of, and this is more personal and anecdotal, but part of the fun of going to these events is like you get to see different parts of the country and it's um, it, it's cool to be able to be somewhere for a couple of weeks, right? And we saw this at, you know, Memorial or at uh, Muirfield Village last year. And that was interesting because you almost got two different courses, even though it was this, it was the same course, you know, it was just set up so differently. So 
I think logistically it's just it's impo- it, it's next to impossible. It's extraordinarily difficult. But if and when it is possible, I'd love to see that. You know, if you if you can go to even like the New England area for three weeks in a row or or kind of like broader areas, I, I think stuff like that is is really, really cool. Now that's kind of the original idea of the tour, right? You you when when you were driving the barnstorming. Tour, yeah, barnstorming. Right? Yeah, you go with the Florida swing and then you move your way up into Georgia and Sea Island and those areas and then up uh, to Augusta and then you go to South Carolina. You know, you kind of hang around in in specific areas and it there's not that opportunity to oh, I'll I'll just go home this week cuz it's a it's a bridge week to a new city. I'll take this week off and then go back out to the main tour. So I, I do think it's a great idea just in the world of modern travel and all the sponsor agreements that we have and the ties to courses we have, and also the limited number of courses that can really host a PGA tour event because of the size of the property that's required. It makes it a little bit challenging, but I I'm with you guys. I have no problem with it. I wish we had a, uh, just 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 let's not forget that because they the tour goes where the money for the players is and if a sponsor decides they want it in vegas we go to vegas that's just kind of how the thing works yeah. i wish there was a like a northwest to uh swing i think that'd be cool like every time the the tour goes and, and we saw that the uh the lpg out there in, in oregon a couple of years ago for i think it was the was it the U, U.S. Open, U.S. Women's Open, Sahali? I think it's a Sahali. Um, but every time, like, you see majors in the in the Pacific Northwest, I think I think that area and that part of the country for golf is is really cool. So, I mean, Mark's right. It's it's you know follow the money, but in a perfect world, in a perfect world, we would have played some COVID events at like Bandon, where you didn't need the infrastructure, right? You just needed courses, but. That's not going to happen, obviously. There's pretty little infrastructure at uh, Summit Club this week, wasn't there, Mark? We were we were shuttle, shuttling everybody in from from offsite. There was, I think, one grandstand on the course. Well, I'm glad you bring that up because somewhere like Bandon, getting you know television crews and stuff in there is a challenge. And then where do you keep them? And so that that sort of a deal. They, so they uh, did and, the and USAM. I, they did the US Amateur there. The USAM is not a PGA Tour event with love. Um, and it, well, it was certainly on TV more than this event was. Okay, well, that's beyond my <laughs> um, but, but you're right, Rick, at the Summit Club, this was a fun golf course to go to, but it's just a really sweet member's place. All the players, you were alongside, they said to me, man, what a great, great place to be a member, but they're going to shoot the grass off this place if you bring a tour event. And there was just the way the whole setup, there was just very difficult places. You, you saw there weren't TV towers in certain areas too. You had to kind of work with what you had. And I thought, um, yeah, the the hours of the broadcast were kind of odd, um, but uh, but I thought it was uh, I thought the folks did a good job bringing that to the folks because it was hard to get around there. It really was. Yeah, it was uh, a very interesting place, and I assume we're going back to Korea next year, right? That's that's the plan. They're going to move this. I haven't heard anything official, but I imagine we're going back. JT time. I saw a lot of a lot of folks wearing wearing CJ Cup shirts. Uh, folks looked like they were from Korea, like executives and stuff. And they had KJ Choi out there. I saw an 18 stands the one day. It looked like they were having the time of their lives, man. <laughs> and the Vegas strips just 20 miles down the road. I wouldn't be surprised if the thing stays in Las Vegas because it looked like a resounding success. Really, they all yeah. look very. Great. 
It was a blast. It was a blast. Okay, we got to do our odds and ends. That's our best bets and our one and done, which you're going to want to stay for because we've got to crown a new leader in our one and done. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also, just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Fiore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger. And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com slash sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. And we're back. Best bets. Best bets. Let's start with, uh, actually, Coach. Kudos to Coach. Coach got one. Sung J.M. <laughs> over Hideki Matsuyama. Coach wins his best bet. Kyle, unfortunately... Justin Thomas did not finish inside the top 10, which is going to Tough. cost you your best bet, which might be the first one you've lost this. I don't have the official numbers from me. You're pretty good at these. Uh, I wasn't this week. I, you know, he was, he was kind of lurking around. I think he shot 64 today. He kind of got up there in like that T12, but then just got blown away at the end by, I mean, the whole field just kind of rose up ahead of him. So it was close, but uh, not close enough. Mark, Charlie Hoffman was very not Charlie Hoffman this week. Uh, one of the better ball strikers on the PGA Tour for the last 18 months. You look up any tee to green number, any ball striking number, usually see Charlie Hoffman there. He lost over five strokes on approach at Summit Club. Drove it well, though, but that's not going to get it done. Yeah, I misfired there, and I must commend you because you and I on the golf cart around the golf course Wednesday afternoon, I said to you, come on, Charlie Hoffman, top 20 versus Morikawa, top 10, and you said they're the same bet to me. And so, That's well done. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll commend you there. Um, You know, as I looked through, because I had a few options, I, I think perhaps the Tyrrell Hatton best Euro I should have gone for because I think he might have been. Um, But yeah, Hoffman, it was surprising to I don't, me. Surprising. I don't think Tyrrell Hatton was the best Euro. Because Roy McIlroy won up. When he said it, I was like, Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah. So yep, like, yep. Yeah, good I call. Was, good I call. Was of it when it came out of his mouth, I was like, That's right. Yeah, best Englishman. Uh, <laughs> it's changed a little 
That's right. I, I did have Morikawa to finish inside the top 10. Greg, I don't think we had you on record last week, but I'm sure uh, with your pick of Rory McIlroy to win, you probably would have found yourself a winning best bet. Yeah, I probably would have gone Rory top 10. Uh, <laughs> yeah, saying, and that would just be because I'm so conservative. <laughs> hold on. What? Like, well, we're, are we doing one and done next? Yeah, that's fine. Do the, you, we're, we're in it. That's the transition. Why did you why why would you pick Rory? Like on what basis? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Rory <laughs> I, I, I've been dying to hear the answer. It was a yeah, horrible Rory, pick. Uh, well, clearly not. But that being said, <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Just because somebody does really well or really poorly, it doesn't make it a bad pick. It's all about the basis, right? But the reason this was a good pick is Rory plays really well. And I know Mark says he plays well everywhere, but even in a year like this year where his results have not been, um, they've not been astonishing last year. He, he was not necessarily great, but he plays really well at certain styles of golf courses. And the mm. two that really stuck out to me was the Wells Fargo where he won and has had a great record. Tom Fazio has done more than a little bit of work there. And then you go to the BMW championship where he's not necessarily coming in on great form. Um, and he comes in solo fourth at caves Valley, another Tom Fazio golf course. And it, it really, my read on the event was driving was going to be really important and driving would be important because of the way, if you watched the way the bunker set up out there, there's a lot of those force carries across the corner of a dog leg with some deep bunkers yeah. guarding. And the idea, and I didn't know the golf course at all, but my, my concept was there are certain guys that will be able to carry those and they'll hit drivers. Like Ricky hit a couple drivers where Rory hit three wood today because Rory was in the lead. And all of a sudden he's 70 yards ahead because he can catch that down slope. And Abe Answer has to play out to the right. But there's a collection of guys that seem to play really well on Fazio courses. Rory is the leader of the way, in my opinion. Gary Woodland is another guy who has played really well on Fazio courses. Answer and Cam Smith have been kind of exceptions in the way they've done it really well. They've played them really well, but they're not gr not uh, great drivers of the golf ball distance-wise. So that was that was my lean. And I also thought, Rory coming off of the Ryder Cup was going to come in with a new focus. And I felt he didn't want to let that performance go again. And if you question Rory's motivation at any point in his career, it's not this week. You know, he's coming in really focused and really re and ready to go. Uh, so all of those reasons. And he also has a great record in the desert, especially yeah, on the European that's a good, tour. That's good. So those, good those were, that was kind of my, uh, my angle and my lean. Well, great. I'll Good just stuff. spoil it. It got you 1.75 million, Greg. That's what it got you at the top. You go yeah. from $0 to the lead, 1.755 for Rory McIlroy. So now, <laughs> does your strategy five events in or whatever we are? I was, I was coach still on zero here. We're just sticking <laughs> him at zero. Do you think Harris English? Yeah, he's just stuck on. He's stuck on. There actually was, there was a chance. So uh, we usually start at the bottom. Coach uh, coming in, I said, he's going to get, he's going to get money this week. And there was a chance that he didn't, right? I guess what's, does, does Harris English who withdrew, does he get official money this week? Because he does, right? He gets like the last I place think, paid. I, well, he had Xander Shoffley and yeah. it's just because I didn't update it. So one second and that will be updated. 
He's still he's still at the bottom. 116,331 from Xander Shoffley, which uh Mark Xander clearly didn't have his best stuff this week, but he goes 69, 69, 69, 63 in route to a T18. He does have the keys to Las Vegas though. And he does. Apparently, apparently there's a whole lot of perks that go alongside of this thing. I, I, I understood, I didn't confirm this on the course with him, that with a keys to Las Vegas, you can go and play any slot machine you like at any time. And there's like house money that you get get to play with. So I think Xander had a decent week all the same. So he'll be fine. Uh, just uh, I wish Coach was on so I could give him a little bit more ribbing because he deserves it. Some guys just have everything. This guy's got a gold medal. He's got the key to the city. And Las Vegas is a pretty good city to have a key to. So Coach gets uh, Xander, T18, 116,000. That is his season-long total. The same season-long total for you, Kyle Porter, who went with Victor Hovland, also a T18, 116,331. I felt really good on Friday. He was the favorite after Thursday, I think. He became the favorite, right? Yeah, he was up there because I think he was seven under. Streb was Streb was 11, eleven under, but he was still twelve to one or something like yeah. that. So it, it would Streb it was, would not surprise me if you said Victor was still was the favorite on Thursday. He was yeah he was up there favorite or, or second favorite. And he just he, I mean it's a little bit the same story as last week. His short game was was not good again. He finished like third in the field in putting. Which if you would have told me that on Tuesday when I made the pick, I'd be like, well, my name's gonna be where Greg's actually is, but yeah. didn't go that way. So. I'm fine with it. It's kind of a bummer to only get, what was it, 116 out of somebody that's that good. But I, I would, I don't know that I would change anything going going back and, and repicking. Sian Ajad went with Tony Finau, T45, $27,007, moving his season-long total to 135128 I went with Sung J.M., Got me a quarter million dollars, moves my season-long total to four hundred and six five thousand, which I believe uh, Sungjae won the the Vegas swing. Twenty-four under, I believe, at Shriners. Another twenty or so this week. Forty-four under. Aaron Wise would have been up there. Sam Burns would have been up there, but I think Sungjae gets the job done in Vegas. Give yeah, a- a, so Rick, I wanted to ask you about that. Like Kyle asked me, um, coming off of a win. Did it feel? Did you feel like you were chasing it all, or do you? Is there a reason you go with Sung Jay the the very next week after a win? Yeah, my opinion was this was kind of like a a spot start, which is the guy was just by far the best player in the field last week. Doesn't have to leave town, stays in the same hotel room, doesn't have to do a lot of the things that we would normally dock him for the following week, Greg. Right? That's always the thing that we do. And I said, you know what? Right. I'm not, I don't need to save Sung Jay uh, for somewhere else. And I also, maybe incorrectly, wasn't ready to burn one of my studs like a Rory McElroy because we are so early in the season. So I thought that Sung Jay was kind of an interesting spot. This was a unique scenario and I could run him out. I like it. I do. And he played great. I mean, it, it's amazing. Yeah, you get a quarter million. He shoots twenty under par, and he's in tied ninth. It's like <laughs> you just—I mean, I cannot—I did not expect to see that and see with my win that I would be that I would end up in first place because it, the fall off in dollars after a win is so severe. And these guys play yeah. so well, and and there's just such a big like a million and a half difference between <laughs> those shots. It's just crazy. And I'm it not saying crazy. it should be different. It's just it's hard to wrap your head around sometimes. Yeah, I've got a stat for y'all real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky Fowler has won more recently than Xander Shoffley. Wow. 
So we're doing P official PGA Tour victories, right? Yeah. Well, so with Xander's was his last was <laughs> yeah. what Century Tournament of Champions in nineteen? Yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah. And Fowler Fowler won the uh, he won Phoenix that year, twenty nineteen. Pretty crazy. A couple of weeks later. Wow. Yeah, that's wild. I have four hundred six thousand five hundred. Producer Jacob, you got. 116,000 from Justin Thomas. You are part of that T18 club, a very popular club to be in. You were at 488,000 and you sit firmly in third place. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, JT, we just passed the 15th year anniversary of they they are who we thought they were. JT, <laughs> JT, JT was who who we thought he was. If you would have told me, uh, you know, hey, he's going to finish fourth in strokes game T to green this week, I'd say, yeah, but where did the putting end up? And he lost three there. Lead the field in birdies, but it doesn't matter whenever you have triple on the card. So, he needs to let Aaron just, Wise putt for him, Rick. Aaron Wise has figured it out. Gains again this week. I'm telling you, man. He's going to be You're all like, over that. He's going to be very, very like this. I don't know how many more events he's going to play here in the fall, uh, but one of these weird ones where where he's like the fifth best player in it, he's going to win it. Like it's coming. It's I saw that um, that new putter he's got, the the long one. I saw it for the first time at at the Northern trust. I think that was the first week that he, that he tried it out and it, it's cool to see that it was working. Cause I like you, when I was at the Northern trust, I saw him on the green, Constantly. the whole, every time I was at the practice facility, he was on the, on the putting green. So yeah, good for him. Uh, Mark, you, college, so he, used that, he used that putter in college. Oh, did he really? Oh, uh, so he, he's going back. I didn't know that. Interesting. Uh, Mark, you went with another Mark. Leishman, 37,635 for T38. You are still way ahead of the rest of us. 1.2 million clear of producer Jacob, but uh, Greg has now nipped you, and you're just a few bucks behind in second place. Yeah, I commend Greg on that pick. Um, it, ordinarily, my strategy is to go with you know stars and no-cut events because you don't want to save some guy for a big money event. And I didn't look at the purse. Maybe I should have. Because I think Rory was a good pick this week, um, just because of kind of what the field was. You know, seventy odd players, uh, golf course. We're going to make a lot of birdies, that sort of thing. And so I think it was a great pick. Um, honestly, thought Leishman would be better, but there were just too many, you know, big numbers on his scorecard. Played well today, but I was sort of disappointed a bit. Now it was a bit of a misfire, but you know, I'll, I'll take it. And still, if you'd offered me this amount four events into the season, I would have said, okay, we're good. So uh, we'll, on to next week. We'll see what happens in Japan. On to on next to week. If you like 78-man fields, we've got another one for you. No cut. Zozo Championship should be a blast, but for now. Let me thank producer Jacob. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there. It's Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the real GFD. Mark Immelman. Mark underscore Immelman. Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick Rungood. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.